Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest who represents Black excellence in the Black diaspora. Today's guest is Tia McClendon. Tia, say hello to the world. Hello, world. (laughs) All right. And so Tia happens to be a very good friend of mine. Uh, We met at Robichaud High School. Mm -hmm. Uh, What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, So I got there in 2011. What year did you get there? Yeah, so I think it had to be 2013, actually, because Inkster closed in 2013 uh, in the summer. And so I got there in the fall of 2013. And uh, we became fast friends pretty much right immediately. Yeah. uh, At Robichaud High School. And so uh, she's an educator by trade, right? Yep. I would say she was the best teacher in the building when she was in our building. And she left us for reasons we won't discuss on this podcast. <laughs> nah. Yeah. But uh, for full transparency, very good, very uh, personal friend of mine and happy to have her on. Not about education, though, however. So we'll get into uh, why she's on the Dripping in Black podcast. But we always like to introduce our guests to our audience by asking the very simple but not so simple question of who are they? So who is Tia McClendon? Mm, very loaded question. That's that's just a huge one right there. Um, I, I like to, I have a saying that, that I go by, I, life is an ING. So I'm always changing, moving, living. Mm. So for me, I am truly a human being. Mm. Like, ING, I am being. So obviously a Christ follower, a teacher, uh, a family member uh, to many different people, a sister, mm-hmm. uh, a wife, yeah, all of these things, but I'm changing all the time. So yeah. more than anything, I'm a human being. Okay. ING. Human being. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Detroit. Okay. Detroit, East Michigan. side, West side. Now you already know. Right? <laughs> already know that. Put those streets out there for you know. We like to have the streets and stuff too. Right, right. So I grew up in a lot of different places. So I lived off of Rutland and Plymouth. Uh, I would say in my kind of Ooh. younger years. Yeah, real rough. <laughs> it's only like two houses on the block right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's almost East Side. It, come on. Uh, and then I would say my formative years, like a lot of my memories. Um, mm. Wickham in Chicago. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I went to Cody High School. So, you know, it's always Joy Road love there. Mm. But uh, yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. Cody High School, and where did you matriculate from there? So after Cody, I went to Western Michigan University, go Broncos, and was there for a substantial amount of time, <laughs> longer than I needed to be there. <laughs> um, I got my secondary education degree there um Mm -hmm. English specifically Mm -hmm. 
And after that, I uh, took some time to teach. And then I went back to school to get my master's at U of M Dearborn. Uh, and I have a master's in sociology. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. Go blue. Much. <clears throat> all right. And so we got you on because you started a new venture. I did. Yeah, that new venture is called Break Bread, Break Bread 246. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about the name. But I want to go back before you jump into that and just talk a little bit about your education career. So you started when and how long have you been in education? Yeah, so I like to say that I started. So I was doing my student teaching in 2008, um, but I was pulled out of my student teaching to actually teach one of the classes. A teacher went on to uh, maternity leave and they were like, hey, you seem like a strong (laughs) for this why don't you go in there and finish out the semester so I think my teaching career started then Mm -hmm. I wasn't supervised you know I had my own class and um so I have really been teaching since 2008 okay Mm -hmm. yep and and what is your role now so I'm still an English teacher um but I recently uh received a promotion and I'm an instructional coach Okay. at uh, the school I'm at now, which is Detroit Leadership Academy. All right. And so that's your bread and butter, if you will, in terms of your, your job. But then you have this uh, new business mm-hmm. that you ventured off into called Break Bread 246. So let's talk about that. What is Break Bread 246? Okay. So obviously the name has some symbolism uh, to it, but before I get into that, Break bread. So there are a couple of things that I love. So I love to teach. I love community. And I love food. Like I just, those things I adore. Um, So break bread is basically a culmination of all of those things uh, put together. So. Yeah. And the phrase break bread, you know, that's kind of a common uh, phrase that we use. And, you know, that's people getting together, community. Yeah. And having good conversation, right? It's not just about the food per se. Right. All right. So break bread, the two, four, six. So, um, so break bread, obviously you, you hit it on the head. It is about communities, about coming together. Um, Mm -hmm. The two, four, six portion is actually Acts two, four, six. And that is the break bread passage in the Bible. So they broke bread together with glad and sincere hearts. Um, so obviously as a person who loves God, um, that's a very integral part of the community piece for me. So that's pretty much the reason why that is there. I mean, and all of this to me, um, kind of stems, it's like organically coming from, uh, connections with people, spiritual connections with people. And I think food lends itself to that. Food yeah. is just one of those things that, you know, it draws people together. Yeah. So I love it so much. Yeah. All right. So what happens at Break Bread 246? <laughs> <laughs> um, so firstly, we just started. Um, this has been a passion of mine for quite some time. I had the LLC back in 2018 and just kind of sat on it. I had some imposter syndrome that I was battling. 
um, mm. because I'm not a trained chef. Um, yeah. I worked at a particular place where I, where I worked with trained, trained chefs and I learned a ton. Yeah. Um, and, and my palate, so to speak, for learning about food just increased. And um, that's kind of where a lot of that desire to start my own business came from. Okay. So at Break Bread, we, um, the whole vision is community. Mm-hmm. And of course, learning technique, learning skill in terms of the dish. So mm-hmm. I am the lead instructor. I'm the instructor. I'm the chef, mm-hmm. head chef. And I'm basically leading my guests into whatever we are cooking for that space. Okay. So for instance, this last time we did an ode to bread kind of as a nod to the company name. Yeah. And um, we did an artisan bread from scratch. We did a flatbread pizza from scratch, uh, had some really fun toppings on that. And then we did a um, strawberry shortcake. And obviously all of it is from scratch with your hands. I'm not wow. just demoing. Everyone is doing it with me. Right. Okay. So that's the fun part. That's the community part. You get to laugh, you get to, you know, make mistakes. And, and I think that's another thing that um, is important for me yeah. in these classes. You can make mistakes. That's yeah. obviously something that you learn as a teacher. This is a community where failure is OK, because we're going to yeah. fail forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, how does a person uh, become a part of the the class? Yeah. So obviously this is a, a business where I also would like to make a couple of dollars, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> we have tickets go on sale uh, through Eventbrite. And I usually announce that on social media. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how people know about it. Some of it is definitely word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. My brother is one of, uh, he's my sous chef. So he works at another school. So he lets people know about it. Um, my husband is basically the CFO uh, and COO and he's in the medical field and he lets people know about it. So it's just a lot of word of mouth and social media right now. If you want to mm-hmm. sign up for a class. Yeah. And is there a capacity? Is there a cutoff point at some point? Yep. So we, the, the cap for me is 12. Uh, considering the space that we're in and it's just a really good 12 I think is a great number kind of into the you know biblical part of it mm-hmm. but 12 is a really great number yeah. of people it's not too much it's not too small it still feels intimate but people can kind of work with different people or get to know the the folks next to them uh still a really good setting yeah all right and so what's the what's the next uh, event for Break Bread? So our next event uh, is on December 11th. We're still trying to work out some menu things because we want it to be exciting. Once again, I love food and it's not just a passive love of food. I'm a teacher and I'm an English teacher. So it's like the technique. Mm-hmm. If I was like, you know, let me not, I was going <laughs> 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 to <laughs> <laughs> no, but the details the, wouldn't matter that much. They, no, they wouldn't. They the, would. You know, the overall picture was what mattered. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we're still working on uh, what the menu is going to be because <laughs> obviously we want it to be something really fun and exciting for folks and still have some technical skill to it as well. Yeah. 
So now I want to ask a few questions about, so you start a business. I'm always intrigued by this. You know, you, you, you have a job, uh, yeah. your husband has a great job, mm-hmm. and now you want to venture off into entrepreneurship. You know, how do you go from the idea of it to the actual, you know, tangible creating a business? Kind of walk us through that as if somebody's watching that has no clue on how, how to do it. So I don't even feel, it's funny that you ask that to me, because I don't even feel like I'm warranted to answer. Like, I just don't feel like. Well, just tell us what you did. I, right, I am. But I, I think that's a, a really important part of it, though, yeah. um, that I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. I think teachers feel like their own classroom is their own universe, like you're the entrepreneur of your class. So I never felt the need to go and do my own thing. But this passion was just so great to fuse these three things that I love, food, community, and teaching um, on my own terms. So once again, I have had the idea for some time. I just got my LLC online um, Mm -hmm. through, what's the company called? I forget the company. Sorry. (laughs) But you can go online and get your LLC for a particular fee um, mm-hmm. and get all the articles of um, incorporation and things like that. Mm-hmm. I actually started the company out as a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I wanted to switch gears. I actually do have a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I haven't got that off the ground yet, but I wanted to switch the break bread to an LLC. Um so that took a lot of work. I had to go through LARA, which is, you know, Michigan's licensing um, association. Yeah. And um, I, I, obviously on that end, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But then there's the mental space where you're battling imposter syndrome, because anytime you're going into something that is not necessarily your gift set or um, what people wouldn't would deem like uh, this isn't your profession like you're a teacher like why are you doing this um so I had to battle some of that too like okay this is uh, although I'm not a trained chef I can still uh explore my passions in this way um so obviously getting all the paperwork and then I'm very very grateful for my husband because he has um been a very significant part in getting this off the ground. He is mm-hmm. very organized and he, you know, finances and stuff. Uh, when it comes to that sort of brain, what is that mm-hmm. right or left brain? Which brain is that right or left? Uh, I think the, the left brain. brain is the more creative brain, but you know, <laughs> y'all can correct me on that. Teachers over here talking <laughs> about which brain is it? But. Yeah, I think I, I tend to think the left brain is the one that's the more creative and the right is the more analytical. Yeah, I think. so he was definitely a, a big part of uh, the logistical aspect and like looking looking for kitchen space because I don't have my own kitchen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely in the makings far in the future. But I looking for kitchen space was a a big thing because a lot of places uh, either had a lot of COVID restrictions, Mm -hmm. um, they weren't renting out space. um, And then there were some places where it was just incredibly expensive. Like I cannot pay you 
$200 an hour. Right. Can't do that. Right. So, right. And, and make it make sense, right? And make it make sense. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot there. So you have some challenges with just, you know, being new to the field. You have some challenges with going from nonprofit to for-profit. Mm-hmm. And then you have some internal challenges with imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. but yet you still did it. So right. I'm, I'm curious about what drove you to continue with all of those obstacles. Right. Um, so I think it was just the passion for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you have a passion that's deep within you, you should not ignore it. Especially if you feel like it's something that's God given. So, and this isn't too far off. Like this isn't like I, I want to become an astronaut, which if I did, you know, do your thing, girl, you know, but it's not too far off from what I do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's teaching and teaching is one of those transferable skills that just transcends the classroom. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And instead of putting, I think a lot of times as women, as black people, as black women, we're told you need to stay within this box um, and play your role. Mm. And I think people are getting to know like, oh, there is no box. First of all, the box doesn't even exist. We've been told that there's this box that we need to stay in, um, but the, the box is not even there. Yeah. And it's the fear of stepping out from that. Um, But I I have a friend who has shirts and the shirts say, do it afraid. And I think that's the biggest part. Like, wow, just keep going. Yeah. Because you can't, it's kind of like, if you want patience, you have to wait in line. (laughs) Like you can't ask God for patience, (laughs) ask somebody for patience. And it's like, (laughs) You never, you're never tested. So if you want courage, <laughs> you're going to have to be faced with some fearful situations. You're going to be afraid. And yeah. if you're going to push out that courage in some way, then you just yeah. got to do it. You gotta yeah. Go. yeah. Yeah. Great lessons there. Um, you know, just got to do it. Right. All right. So I got a couple of more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always like to ask this question. So you you are you you've started your business you got it going you know where you wanted to go right let's look at where we are and where you would like for it to be all right and now you have a switch that you can flip and you are there all right how does that look different so where you are now we flip the switch and it's where you want it to be Paint a picture for me. What does that look like? Wow. I wish I had these questions beforehand because that's oh no question. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, that's difficult. You know why it's difficult? Because I literally just started. So I think, you know, back in 2018, I wanted to be here. I wanted to have begun. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to have started. So for me to conceptualize what it could be, the possibilities. 
Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still getting my footing on what the possibilities are because for remember for so long I was in that box yeah I thought I needed to stay there I I thought I needed so now I'm like up for fresh air right and as I continue maybe next year when I've done maybe 10 classes or 15 I'll have more of a vision um but right now if I'm being honest um right now is like this is a great space that I'm in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, so ultimately, when I'm asking questions, I'm I'm posing it to the guests, but I'm always thinking about the audience, and in particular, as a teacher, thinking about younger uh, people as they view it and how they can be inspired and how they can learn. You know, and so I think that's a valuable lesson in itself to be okay with where you are yeah. and just kind of working that right. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I, I think I wanted to ask you a question about uh, some advice you would give yourself now that you know what you know, what some advice you would give yourself. But I think you kind of tackled that. All right. So I want to get to the most important question that we always ask our guests. Are you ready? I think so. I'm nervous now. <laughs> All right. The most important question is, have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? I have not unfortunately no teacher magazine no 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 aka magazine never okay never i guess i think i don't have the face for her or something i don't know well (laughs) (laughs) so this is actually pretty historical for dripping in black because i believe you are the first aka guest that we've had. yeah uh i have to double check with my producer but i i know we've had a few deltas but i think you are the first aka as a guest okay all right <laughs> but fun. no covers for you well here at the dripping in black podcast we aim to please and one of the things that we do for all of our guests is we place them on the dripping in black magazine cover and so my producer s squared sean smith We'll pull up your magazine cover for you. Oh, wow. All right. How special. Yep. And I'm so special that, now. That is your first cover. That is also a parting gift that we will provide for you. We will print it out and, and get it sent to you at a later date as a thanks for coming out to the Dripping in Black podcast. Well, thank you. I so appreciate it. Yep. All right, go ahead and drop your social media so people know to reach out. And then again, you have an event that's coming up uh, pretty soon in short order. So remind the audience of that as well. Yeah, so you guys can follow us on Instagram at breakbread246. Um, And our next class is actually December 11th. And we're going to have that posted. Uh, Tickets will be on sale very soon, probably within the week. Um, So you can definitely check us out. We're excited to break bread with you. All right. right. We will give our thanks to Natia McClendon, a.k.a. Tia Mack, for coming (laughs) on to the Dripping in Black podcast. Great to see you, homie. Good seeing you, too. You know, it's always a pleasure. Yep. And we will talk to you soon. We'll ask the audience to hang on for the final segment the last drip but thanks again to to natia mcclendon or just to you joining us up next the last drip but first 
a message from Anchor. A dripping in black thanks to Natia McClendon for joining us and sharing her story and inspirational passion in all that she does. However, we have reached the final segment of our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more of black excellence for you. In this final segment, we highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we highlight a modern day history maker by the name of Rashara Sanders. Born in 1989, Sanders was raised by her mom in a Habitat for Humanity housing project in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Though her mom struggled with drug addiction, she had a passion for cooking that she passed on to her daughter, Rashara. Like Tia, cooking became a passion for Sanders at a very young age. At the age of 17, Sanders would enlist in the army in order to utilize the GI Bill to pay her way through the Culinary Institute of America, also known as CIA. After serving two tours in the army, Sanders would eventually graduate from CIA in 2014. But during her time at CIA, she had just one black instructor, a male instructor at that. In 2015, Sanders won Food Network's cooking competition show, Chopped. In 2020, at 30 years old, Sanders became the first black female instructor at the Culinary Institute of America, a prestigious organization that had been in existence since 1946. As of 2020, Rashara Sanders was chef de partie at Oceana, Manhattan, New York, one of the prestigious restaurants in New York City. Like our guest, Tia McClendon, Chef Roshara Sanders intends to use her passion and skill for cooking to uplift her community. For her groundbreaking accomplishments and future outlook, she is this episode's last drip. For more on Chef Roshara Sanders, check out InTheKnow.com, NYPost.com, ChefWorks.co.uk, FineDiningLovers.com, and NBCNews.com. My thanks to all of these websites for the knowledge. FineDiningLovers.com has a great podcast interview in which Roshara Sanders gives a detailed account of her own life. Uh, I advise you to check that out uh, if you are interested in her story. Great story. Uh, very well spoken. Very accomplished young lady at this young point in her life. So check her out when you get a chance. The Dripping in Black podcast can be found on most popular podcast platforms for its audio. You can find our video version on the DIBK channel on YouTube, as well as on Facebook Watch. Remember to subscribe, comment, like, share, and most importantly, tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, you can like us and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DIBK20. My thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, supporters, and subscribers. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production. <laughs>